Hi, I'm John Deanna. I'm a reporter with the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com. And I'm out here this morning walking along the banks of the Eastern Canal with my dog, George. And say hi, George. Well, apparently George is going to be a dog of few words today. Anyway, uh, I've been walking, running, and biking along this canal for pretty close to 25 years. And I've always had a question. Oh, looks like George is stopping to sniff something. I've always had a question about all of these little white clamshells that are along the banks of the canal. They're bleached white, probably from the sun, I would guess. They're about the size of a nickel, although some are about the size of a quarter. And they're everywhere. And I've always wondered, what are they doing here? Welcome to Valley 101, a podcast from the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com, where we answer the questions you ask about Metro Phoenix. I'm your host, Kayla White. Today's question comes from one of my colleagues, John Deanna. I don't think we have clams that are native to Arizona. They couldn't have come from the ocean. That's 400 miles away. So what are they doing? And how did they get here? And I've even wondered at times when I'm in a mood for seafood, are they edible? Well, fortunately, we have a podcast, Valley 101, that answers these kinds of questions. And so that's what we're doing here today. That is what we're doing here today. Producer Taylor Seeley is going to fill you in on those little clams near the canal. Welcome to Valley 101, the podcast that answers your questions about everything under the sun. Come on, George, let's go. What's the like official name of them? Corbicula fluminea? How do you say it? Corbicula fluminea. Fluminea. Corbicula fluminea. That's what those little shells are along the banks of the canals in Arizona. They're more commonly referred to as Asiatic clams. I'm Mark Dahlberg. I work at the Arizona Game and Fish. I'm the Water Quality Program Manager. Mark is going to be our guide as we hit a checklist of questions about Asiatic clams. Well, most of the clams you see along the canal are, are dead. They're all on the side. They're kind of white. Most of the Asiatic clams that you see are going to be somewhat small, less than, typically less than an inch. A really trophy-sized clam will be two to two and a half inches. So usually you see them, they're bleached out and they're kind of white, you know, circular, you know, like a dish, disc. John was right. They're bleached white from the Arizona sun. But they actually exist in a variety of colors, like yellow-green, light brown, light blue, and light purple. And then there are deeper olive colors and even some black shells. The darker-colored Asiatic clams are often found in the southwestern region of the United States. That is, before the sun bleaches them. But they're not native to the U.S. They're native to the southeastern parts of China, Korea, southeastern Russia, and the Usuri Basin. And they were first found in, in the United States in Washington in about 1938. 
They were found along the banks of the Columbia River, but no one really knows for sure how they got there. According to a report from the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, it's possible that they were brought in as a food source by Chinese immigrants. They're sold as a food source in China, and you might be able to find them sold in cans in the U.S., but they're more commonly used as bait here. Another theory for how they got here is that maybe they were accidentally imported with another item, like the giant Pacific oyster. They also could have been brought to the U.S. as bait or through the aquarium trade. Possibly as for the aquarium trade, uh, people would take it in and get tired of taking care of their aquarium and throw it into the, into the wild. Since 1938, these Asiatic clams have spread to 38 states and the District of Columbia. They're usually found at electrical and nuclear power plants across the country. According to a study from the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, no one knows exactly how they spread across the country. It's possible that corbicula larvae get pulled into the plants from nearby rivers or reservoirs. And obviously, seeing as they're in 38 states, they're pretty durable. Yeah, well, they, they tolerate a wide variety, wide variety of environmental conditions. Uh, they are very efficient in utilizing the food source and uh, using space uh, efficiently. They also uh, reach early sexual maturity and uh, have high fecundity rates. High what rates? Fecundity. They can produce a lot of babies very quickly. Plus, they're hermaphroditic, so they're able to uh, self-fertilize. So they can withstand a wide range of conditions, and they have both male and female reproductive organs, so they can reproduce rapidly and all by themselves. It's a perfect recipe for disaster. That's because these Asiatic clams are also known as biofowlers. They attach underwater, accumulate in colonial masses, and pollute their environment. Yeah, that's why they're called invasive, aquatic invasive species. They just take over. They have no natural predators. They find environmental conditions, and they, they go for them. But you may be wondering, how exactly are they harmful to their surroundings? For starters, they clog up the power plants. They make very dense, dense mats and uh, clog up things. And they interfere with water movement, which is kind of important in the desert. There can be as many as 10,000 to 20,000 Asiatic clams, dead or alive, in one square meter. Like Mark said, they're efficient with their space. And one Asiatic clam can release up to 70,000 juveniles in a year. In 2005, one study put the cost to U.S. power plants at $1 billion a year. There's more than just fiscal harm, though. Well, there's another problem is, is, is that they take up space and use resources that other fish can use. You know, they're, they're filter feeders, so they take the material out of the water column, filter it out. They're also able to uh, take in bottom sediments that high in organic material and take out the nutrients that way. So basically changing the, 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 the structure of the, uh, of the food chain that's going to impact other fish, sport fish or native fish. 
So you got a, a non-native invasive animal that's affecting our natural environment in Arizona. This is particularly crazy to me when I think about the size of the clams versus the size of these fish. Remember, the size of the clams are usually the size of a quarter or smaller. The fish in the canals, on the other hand, are white aimers, also called grass carps. They're practically the length of my forearm, probably a little bigger. Sport, there are native fish in there and there are sport fish. We also have uh, in the canals grass carp that the Salt River Project puts in there to eat the grasses and the weeds that grow in there so they don't have to put in chemicals or dredge it out. They can have natural control over the uh, weeds in the canals. So at this point, we know that Asiatic clams first appeared in the U.S. in 1938 along the banks of the Columbia River. We know they're an invasive species and steal nutrients from my beloved canal fish. We also know that they themselves are edible. Though it should be said, SRP generally advises against eating them. Asiatic clams are filter feeders, and filter-feeding shellfish can harbor dangerous bacteria that can cause illnesses. Perhaps most frustratingly, though, we don't know how the clams spread to 38 states. But we do know one interesting tidbit about their introduction to Arizona. Well, they were first found in the, in the Salt River Canals in 50, 1956. And they weren't in the bigger water waters. You know, Roosevelt, Apache Canyon, and Suaro supplies the Salt River Project canals in Phoenix. So they were first found in the canals. So obviously somebody in the Phoenix metropolitan area released them, they got in there somehow, and they slowly got moved upstream into Suaro, Apache Canyon, Roosevelt, and have been moved throughout the state now. And you find them throughout the state. So we know they weren't pulled into the canals from a river or a reservoir. They started in the canals. Whether there was malicious intent or not, all indications point towards someone dumping the clams in there in 1956. And now, decades later, they're still there. I reached out to Salt River Project, which controls 131 miles of canals in Arizona. I wanted to know if this was a big problem for them. A spokesperson told me, luckily, it wasn't. The canals are on 10-year clean-out rotations. When it comes time for a clean-out session, SRP has a few steps in their process. First, they pull the fish out of the water. Then, they drain the water. And finally, they pull all the sediment and debris out of the canals. That's where the clamshells are. The waste is hauled into dump trucks and removed. It's in that final step that some of those clamshells escape the truck and end up on the banks of the canals. From there, you have people like my colleague John Deanna who notice them, which leads to me going on an adventure to learn all about them. So, John, that's the story of the Asiatic clam, or as I can now say, Corbicula fluminia. What do you think? Wow, Taylor, that's so interesting. I guess it shows we need to do more to keep these bottom-feeding invasive species in check. Well, that's all we have for today, listeners. Next week, we have a special Labor Day episode for you. 
our team worked collaboratively to share the story of Arizona's farm worker movement. If you haven't already subscribed to Valley 101, make sure you are so that you don't miss it. If you like our show, please leave us a rating and review. And if you have a question you want our team to tackle, be sure to submit it to us at valley101.azcentral.com. All right, see you next week.